Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I'm Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hello. <laughs> I feel like I put a nice bit of gravitas in it. I gave you a nice little pause and I <laughs> really emphasized the, the special attraction that you are. <laughs> I just assumed that you forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, Connor, I, uh, Matt, uh, 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 ter- uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I, I say your name in front of the mirror five times every day just to make sure I don't forget it. Ooh. <laughs> and unfortunately, I'd be too lazy to be summoned to kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I see, yeah, I see like a flicker of a reflection of Tim just sitting with like his belly out on like a chair. Yeah. <laughs> He's eating some snacks. <laughs> yeah. I just throw a knife towards you and say, you do it. <laughs> We are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films, obviously, and we have watched the movie. We talk about it. It's that simple. And we have a big new release from this year that uh, we are finally getting to, and that is Candyman, the new uh, 2021. It was maybe 2020, of course, and got delayed due to the pandemic, as did a lot of things. But we we reviewed the first film, I think, late last year. We did the sequels. Uh, well, we did, I did the first sequel last year, and then we did the third one uh very recently very recently that was during october so uh so we we wanted to like have it up to date make sure we've seen the the original trilogy even though it's really just a movie and two tacked on sequels and (laughs) be prepared for this and this this is very much the halloween 2018 style and that's i'm not talking about quality yet we'll talk about how we feel about it in a minute i just mean (laughs) in the sense that we're just calling it Candyman. it's not Candyman returns (laughs) Candyman resurrection Candyman. You know, strikes back, whatever. Yeah, it's usually either like origins, resurrection, or like returns. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or probably the most obvious thing they could have called this would be Candyman. Say my name. Yeah, that would, that, that would be the obvious that, yeah. like subtitle they'd give it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like a fresh like jumping on point with a, a new set of characters but it does still exist in the same world as the original film which does get referenced so you know it's just that kind of passing of the torch nostalgia reboot <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> term uh there by Nia da Costa Jordan Peele was one of the writers uh, along with Wynne Rosenfield and Nia da Costa and produced and there was a lot of buzz going into this uh, the trailers mm-hmm. were fairly promising literally because they had a lot of bees I didn't even mean that, but I'm happy I said it. <laughs> I regret nothing. Uh, so we will start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go to spoilers. And I will start with the simple question. I won't, I won't give you a plot synopsis. You know, the Candyman things happen. I just want to ask Tim. I, I feel like the plot in this is mostly spoilery, to be honest. Very true, yeah. So I'll just ask the question up, straight up and see, see how we feel about it. Timmy, how did you yeah. feel about the brand new Candyman? Wow, um, wasn't expecting that. Uh, I asked that question every single episode, Tim. I don't know why it was so shocking this time. Uh, no, I'll be completely honest with you. I'm still kind of like mulling it over because I'm not actually like I watched this last night or uh, yesterday last night. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure how i feel about it yet maybe we can kind of get somewhere while we're talking because i definitely don't hate it I'd, um going in i was really excited i thought the trailer looked great um you know i uh i i don't really know much about uh nia da costa but 
uh, just kind of, you know, from like seeing the trailer and some hearing some stuff about it, uh, you know, it seemed really cool. And then uh, I'd heard some mixed reactions. I think people were mostly positive, but I did see like a few people that like really didn't like it, uh, including one of my friends uh, who we usually share a lot of uh, similar opinions on. He, he really like hated it. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to think going in. And then uh, after watching it, I, I definitely don't hate it. I, I am positive on it. I'm just kind of trying to decide if like I kind of just like it or if I'm like really uh, into it. So maybe we'll kind of talk it through and uh, kind of figure it out. But I think the uh, so some of the things that I like is, uh, you know, I, I think it looks really good. Uh, I like like a lot of the like flair and cinematography, like there's some cool stuff they do. Like there's like a lot of uh, I would think like tricks and stuff that they do with mirrors uh, that I think is pretty cool. I, I think there's like a lot of good kills. Um, yeah, I mostly like the characters and stuff. Uh, I, I think where maybe I get a little hesitant is I'm not sure exactly how I feel about the story. Uh, like you said, it's kind of hard to talk about because there's like, you know, I don't want to say it's like twisty and turny, but there's like a lot of maybe like surprises and stuff uh, in it. Um, and I, I feel like there's a lot of different ideas in it, which I, I think are all like really cool and interesting, but I'm not sure if they mesh together the best. Um, so that's why I, I'm kind of like, a, you know, don't really have like a very hard stance of like, oh, yeah, I love it or oh, I hate it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still kind of thinking it over, but I, I will say I am more on the uh, positive side of it. Yeah, I mean, as, as much as you, you really wanted to get across that there's there's the positive side and the elements that you were mentioning. Uh, it's not necessarily the result you want from a movie where you come into it going, oh, I'm still thinking about if I liked it or not. <laughs> like, I'm still, sure, I'm sure. still having to figure yeah. it out. Uh, it should be a little easier than that, uh, usually. Um, yeah. yeah, I am kind of mixed on it overall like it, yeah it's just easily better than the, the sequels the you know the you know two oh, and three like yeah. but the bar is not exactly that high there um <laughs> I, I think no i agree it looks good there's some nice visual kills uh at least two in particular i think are, are quite good and the themes that it's playing with i thought it was doing a really good job with up until a point like there's a lot of good little things yeah. that i want to mention and the characters and the storytelling and the characters at least start off pretty solid. I, I think <laughs> it does fumble with a couple of them as as it goes on, um, <clears throat> and the acting. You know, I think the uh, the lead, the two leads are, are very good. Yeah, uh, re really enjoyed their performances. Uh, the actor whose name I, I cannot remember uh, at all, uh, uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen the second. He was in Watchmen, uh, and I think I saw him in something else as well. But he was good in that too. And uh, I, I think the performances are good. For for me, I kind of agree with what you were saying, but I'll get a little more specific with it, is that... Please. Uh, the third act kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> the, that, that, I mean, to, 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 to sort of be more blunt, you know, blunt yeah, about yeah. it, uh, it feels like there's an entire 20 to 30 minute section that was cut out before the final 20 minutes. And this is kind of a short movie. Yeah, it's, it's like 90 minutes, and... Yeah. It has a very long, like, opening title sequence as well, so it's not yeah. like it's, like, making complete use of its time either. And it f I, I felt like there was just, like... I wasn't necessarily in love where it started to go around the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm starting to feel like... I don't know if I really like where this is heading now, but mm -hmm. I was open to whatever it was going to try and do. But it, there's some sharp turns in the last 20 minutes that just kind of felt unfulfilling to me, and it felt like, 
what is this? And then it kind of, not only did it take some sharp turns story-wise, it felt like it got really muddy with what the actual rules with Candyman were and what Candyman is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way that felt like, I don't want to say it betrays what Candyman is, but all of a sudden it felt like it wasn't the same thing. I'm not even talking about the, the, the original movie here. I'm saying it didn't feel like the same thing that the movie started with, <laughs> with Candyman. <Yeah>. So... Uh. Uh, do you think that this might have been better served if they just kind of did like a complete reboot instead of trying to, you know, do this kind of like reboot, reboot sequel kind of thing? Like, yeah, you know, like, do you think some of the problems were coming with it, like trying too hard to tie into the first movie? Um, I actually don't know. Uh, okay. I think I think the way the original stuff ties into it and the idea that there's like, you know, so so Candyman was always about this like harsh reminder of like this awful history and yes, yeah. what uh you know what what the black population has went through and it's this really stark mm-hmm. horrible reminder and Candyman's this myth that grows out of that 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 horror in the same way that you know other movies will say ah oh, the grudge something terrible happened here so a curse is born <laughs> Candyman is kind of that in a very specific uh lens and mm-hmm. i think the way it tackles it in this where the Candyman from the original movie is kind of the original, but ultimately other tragedies have kind of added to Candyman's mythos over mm-hmm. time. I thought that was a neat touch. I, you know, I'm, I'm, don't I get too spoilery here? I'm just... yeah. Like, I, I think that actually worked quite well, especially since one of the themes of the movie, I think, is that you know our main character is an artist who does paintings that are kind of about... Uh, you know, other black people about you know things he feels that you know subjects he wants to tackle. Uh, gentrification is obviously a big one from the original film that is then brought up again mm-hmm. in this one, and he is told by multiple characters that oh maybe this is played out. You know, tackling this subject and the whole, kind of part of the mm-hmm. point of the movie is that well yeah, but we've not solved it. There's <laughs> still a problem, yeah. <laughs> so you don't just get to decide. And it's you know, it's, and it's mostly white characters who are saying to him. Uh, haven't we done this already? Aren't we past this phase? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not really a phase. Like, so I, I kind yeah. of d- dug, uh, so I think tying the original film into the history and saying that it keeps like, you know, bad things keep happening. So the myth keeps growing and evolving. Mm-hmm. I actually think works. I think that part of it's not one of the problems of the movie. Yeah. I think there was an interesting, uh, I forget what they said, but it was something about talking about how like, like things happen in cycles or there's like a, you know, um, kind of like that <laughs> 40 years ago <laughs> 40 years ago <laughs> Haddonfield was shaken to its core 40 years ago oh man uh yeah but the i, I thought that there was kind of a um like a little bit of, of a almost seemed like kind of a, a meta um comment on it too when they were talking about like how these things kind of happen in waves or cycles. Uh, and it kind of like just made me feel like, oh, like kind of like, you know, like the movie itself, like these franchises or these reboots that, you know, kind of have their place uh, in time for a bit and then go away for a while yeah, and then okay, you know, someone yeah. brings them back. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't think like that was like, you know, a big part of the movie, but it's just something I kind of picked up on. I was like, oh, uh, I think that's kind of cool. I think it's a little there. And I think the fact yeah. that we have, you know, like the artist, the, the main character is an artist, a painter and, we see, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we see, you know, people at art shows critiquing the work, and like you, you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about it in that context, but you probably could listen to some of that and see. Oh, does this kind of tie into like movie critiques and and things? Yeah. Can can you like you know extrapolate some meta commentary from that? And you probably can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it feels like it's a a potent environment to do such a <laughs> comparison. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really frustrating. It, it's one of these things where it feels like it just kind of like. Comes a bit of a mess in the last twenty minutes, and I think yeah. 
and I don't know if they did cut like a bunch of stuff, but it does feel like I, I think, especially the main character, uh, mm. if I remember correct, was Anthony. Was his name? Sounds right. Yeah, uh, I felt like he at a certain point stopped being a character and just started being like it was almost like the movie was trying to shift to his girlfriend as the main character which is mm-hmm. fine and i actually think it kind of makes sense in the context of the story uh but it kind of felt like it happened so sudden where i'm like i was i stuck because i started off the movie like really liking that character and i felt like it did a really good job yeah. at the start making them feel like a real pair of people and mm-hmm. they're, they're they had chemistry um there was a little moment at the start of the movie where she's gone off to work and obviously he stays at home and paints and there's a moment where she just sort of kisses him goodbye, and instead of like kissing her bye back, he kind of sticks out his leg and sort of like pretends to fire it like a gun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought that was like a really cute little moment. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. so there's little, little nice little textual things to like make these characters feel real and have personality and and all that. But then, like once he starts becoming obsessed with the myth of Candyman and he's starting to investigate and things, it, it kind of feels like it goes into almost autopilot of like characters obsessed and you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if if anything, like one of the things that maybe c- could have been explored more, I think um, I don't know. I, I think I might have saw something that implied there was more of this that maybe was cut or something. But mm-hmm. so Helen, if, if that was her name in the original movie, I think it was. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. Um, the idea that you know she kind of like got up to stuff after the original movie, and mm-hmm. like. You know, because because she was then attached to Candyman, uh, to the mythos mm-hmm. that she was kind of driving things for a while after that movie, mm-hmm. and that maybe there was more history to kind of unpack there. Uh, it's because you know, because we have a scene where he gets like the the, you know, the 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 notes, the recordings, and I I, I believe uh, Virginia Madsen did record new dialogue for these recordings. So oh, good for her. <laughs> yes good for her <laughs> uh, and, and you know like, I was like oh that, there's some interesting stuff and admittedly if you go into that more you, you're, you're tying it even more to the original film and maybe you don't want to do that maybe you want to just keep the history of it for the sake of like you know this is all of this is relevant all of this is you know uh, relevant to the history of how, how people are treated but um, that that is one potential avenue to go down but it, it kind of felt like at a certain point he was just constantly in a you know, like like a character once they're so far into dreamland that they just they don't resemble a real person anymore, but they're just kind of like in a trance, so they're kind of like being there to witness things and feel things, but there's no character anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it it's a little frustrating because you kind of want to like reach into the screen and just yell at them, like you know, like oh, like stop doing this, sir. I I know, like uh, for me, I was getting really, really angry that he was not going to the hospital to have his hand looked at. Like- <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Uh, it, it does kind of feel like he stops. He stops having enough agency to actually kind mm-hmm. of care about the decisions he's making. It feels like very quickly he's just kind of on a track. Yeah, and there's nothing he can do about it. Uh, and I think that's maybe a little frustrating, which is why I guess it makes sense that it kind of shifts to the girlfriend a little bit, uh, uh, Brianna. Mm-hmm. But I think Brianna, it feels like it takes too long to shift to her, if that's like the point, mm-hmm. because she, you know, because she has like this girlfriend character who's very loving with them, but then he starts acting weird, so she kind of grows separate from him a little bit. It it, it feels like it, we we spend too long before it jumps to her. Uh, yeah, and so she becomes the protagonist. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and uh, I feel like I don't say this often, but uh, yeah, this is a movie I feel like definitely could have been longer. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe 
maybe if not longer, they could have just shortened stuff out. But like I, you know, it's not like when I got to the end that it's not like I felt like, you know, it was dragging or anything. Like I, I feel like yeah, you could have, you know, had maybe had a little more room to breathe and then yeah, maybe wouldn't have felt like so jarring when you, you know, kind of get to that last section and yeah, like you're saying, like they switch character, they kind, of, you know, you start missing the characters and everything. But uh, yeah, it's uh. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> yeah because there's definitely a couple of scenes at the end that i just thought were straight up bad and i don't know yeah. <laughs> like would i still think they were bad if they had time to set this up properly i don't know mm. but there's definitely there's a reveal with one thing in particular that i'm like i kind of hate this <laughs> like why are you doing this <laughs> and so yes i anywho uh I, I guess we'll give the warning for spoilers so we can talk about it you know more in depth talk about the plot points mm. all the rest of it uh, so full spoilers for this point on for Candyman 2021. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, the movie starts with a flashback uh, to like, the 60s or 70s, uh, give or take, um, to a young character. Uh, it's in the same neighborhood as the, the buildings in the original film. Uh, they point that out a bunch of times. Yeah, Cabrini Green. Yeah, that's the one. And, uh, you know, this kid, he's, you know, he's like, I don't know, 14, 13, something like that. And he's sent with to go do laundry and the laundry in this neighborhood like he has to walk down the street and go into like a basement <laughs> and it's like one little machine that a lot of people are sharing um and i think what what hurts about the the back chunk of the movie being such a mess is that the movie does such a good job of introducing all of its elements like mm-hmm. you know when he walks past the cop car and it's the two white cops sitting in it and they kind of mm-hmm. like try and like you know one just sort of like it's not even like he doesn't even say anything he just kind of whistles at him or something like that uh, to get him to look at like a wanted poster like have you seen this man and the kid just kind of you know shrugs or you know indicates that he doesn't and but it, there's like a tension there there's, immediately there's a tension because they feel that they're, they're threatening to him and and of course like the you know cops are like super white <laughs> oh yeah 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 for sure um and you know we get this fairly creepy sequence where he goes down into the the basement and a new Candyman, not Tony Todd, does a, but a Candyman mm-hmm. comes out of the this hole in the wall, uh, and actually throws out a piece of you know a candy, a sweet, uh, to use the, the the UK way of saying it, a sweet. Uh, <laughs> but and he comes out the wall, and it kind of it kind of oh, does a click, click, click fire thing. We hear the kids scream, but it just kind of cuts away, and we get our, our opening title sequence. Uh, but it, it kind of establishes okay, so we have a different Candyman here. What's going on? And the, the part of the movie is that we kind of learn about this guy first before we eventually get to oh no tony todd's candy man did exist he was the first in fact he was the first candy man yeah. uh but you know these other like i think with the character exposition man who explains all this uh <laughs> he explains you know oh, he lists off like four or five names like you know he, he became a candy man he became a candy man there's been all these candy mans over the <laughs> over the years uh they become part of the myth yeah, like, uh, I don't know if I want to say this is a problem, but this was something that was uh, kind of bugging me uh, at the start of the movie because I kept saying, like, okay, so I guess this is kind of a reboot then because, you know, it, it'd be weird that, like, this guy is Candyman and we're not even mentioning, you know, the, the Tony Todd uh, character at all. But then once they start talking about uh, Helen uh, mm. from the first movie, then I'm like, okay, wait a minute, so it does exist? And, like, but... I don't know, but then I got confused, and then you know they explain it by the end. But I, I mean, I I think it's like a good explanation, but I don't know. It does feel like a little muddy to me, and I do kind of wonder. But if I go back and watch it now, like if I it, it won't like bother me that much, kind of knowing 
the direction it's going in, but it, it was something that was bugging me at yeah, first while well, watching it. I think what's weird about... Because later on we get the rest of the scene, right? We get the rest mm-hmm. of the story. Because the guy that works at the laundry, or the laundrette, uh, he turns out to be the grown-up version of this kid. Uh, and he explains... And yeah, I, sorry. Uh, sorry, and I could be wrong, but I... Th- I think he was the kid from the first movie. I don't know if you remember in the first movie. I think it ends with like uh like Helen like kidnaps a kid or, or something like that. Well the baby. No, know. the main character's the baby. Oh the main character. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the guy the, the Laundrette guy. He's he's the kid in the Laundry guy. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. And then in the opening, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so he tells the rest of the story and it turns out that he he got a fright but this guy was actually harmless he just wanted to hand mm-hmm. you know he just like giving out kids candy which yeah admittedly in a, a modern day setting sounds a bit creepy because you know <laughs> we did strangers. when i was yeah uh when i was growing up uh our elementary school was like right across from this old folks home and uh there was this old guy named remy who would come around and he was like I, I don't know what happened to him, but he was, like, missing part of his tongue. So, like, he couldn't talk. Hmm. Um, like, he could just kind of mumble. Like, he would come and he'd be like... Rah, 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 rah. But he would... That, he, felt, he would always... that felt like an insensitive impression to me. But... No, like... Uh, I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm not saying, like... I'm just saying, like, he just kind of, like, could kind of just move his gums. He just, like, couldn't, like, form words. Like, a, like I, I'm sorry, but that's, like, what it was sounded like. I, sure, I'm not sure, trying sure. to be insensitive. Um but he would basically just come and he would just kind of like uh go to the the like fence like when we we're at recess and he would just kind of like give like gum <laughs> to kids and you know uh, we loved it as kids we we're like oh hell yeah thanks remy but like i mean <laughs> now it's like like oh yeah you'd be like so creeped out <laughs> if that was happening today yeah i mean it's a fairly innocent thing and it should be an innocent mm-hmm. thing but obviously there's enough weirdos in the world that everyone has to be you know scary yeah. and you know uh, cautious and all the rest of it but Okay, and you know we hear that there was a you know someone put a razor blade in an apple that hurt a little girl, and that's why they're they're looking for him. And because he's the guy who gives out candy, he's the one that the police are looking for. But it turns out that no, he was just trying to offer him candy. He's been hiding because the police are after him, but he's actually innocent. My my problem with this though is that I don't think the movie ever quite like gives me a reason why he's dressed as Candyman though. Because he still he has a hook yeah. for a hand and he has the coat yeah. and all the re- like and obviously it's there for us because we recognise that as that's what Candyman yeah. looks like but um it, that that's a bit weird in hindsight but it's this traumatic thing where the cops come in and kill him and then there's another razor blade thing a couple of weeks later so you know he was innocent he was gunned down for no reason and it's this mm. traumatic thing that you know he went through as a kid this this laundromat guy and, um it that that's kind of like part of the backstory that's kind of his like. Uh, I, I I guess I mean we we could tackle this rather than order just go by like characters and like stuff because uh, if we're staying on this guy this guy is one of the biggest problems of the whole movie when we get to the end I think. Uh, th- this guy, what, his name was Sherman, I think. What was it? I, I don't remember his name. That sounds yeah vaguely. Uh, no, uh, it says William oh. Burke was his name. I thought that was a grocery guy or the the laundromat guy. <laughs> That's the laundromat guy. That's what we're talking okay. about. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the Candyman guy. No, 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 no. I'm, t- I'm talking about. Oh, the, sorry, sorry, sorry. The, no, laundromat guy. Burke. <laughs> William Burke. Okay, okay. Right, yeah, we're still yeah, on yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, Captain Burke. Right. Uh, I think by the end of the movie, I, I think he's one of the most problematic characters for me. His turn towards the end it, of the film made no sense to me, and I didn't get anything out it, of it. Yeah, it, it felt very. Uh, crap, what? what? <laughs> 
what do you, what do you call it when um uh uh like what is it a do a ex machina like deus when, uh, ex machina yes deus 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 douche but no like yeah it just kind of like came out of nowhere and he was like all right i'm gonna like explain like the story and what's going on now and yeah it, it felt very strange for a character that was like yeah you know he had like a couple of good scenes like uh you know i thought like earlier on in the movie but it's like oh he's just like a main character now like it's kind of weird you know he's he's a little bit expositiony you know he's the exposition character mm-hmm. but at least you know when he's giving his creepy speeches and he is explaining the backstory of what the Candyman legend is they are well done scenes and mm-hmm. it kind of intercuts with the paintings that that Anthony's done of all the candy men. Like you see in his studio, he's already painted all these faces. Uh mm-hmm. so he's already got them in his head and and you know somehow, you know yeah. it's candy man stuff. And okay, and that's all fine, but do, do, do you know what? Like I hate to compare it to Halloween twenty eighteen because you know it is a bit of an unfair thing to jump to, but this guy turns out to be a psychopath who actually wants to recreate a new candy man and mm-hmm. is very much like the twist in Halloween twenty eighteen with a doctor. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I didn't really think about that uh but i could see that <laughs> it's very unsatisfying he just turns out to be the psychopath like immediately and i thought maybe he's going to say something and like see if the movie went down a path where it was going to turn out that there was no actual like supernatural shit going on and it was just him mm-hmm. killing people and it was more about the like the trauma that the you know like all, all this violence and all all of this treatment has kind of like done to him and it's turned him into something horrible uh, but it's not really his fault. Like, it could have maybe hit, said something with that, but as it mm. is, like, no, all the supernatural shit was happening. Like, the, all, all this, <laughs> like, does, does Candyman need his help? Does he just, like, help and create new Candyman? Like, I don't... <laughs> this was... I don't know what it was trying to do with this character. I, I really don't. I don't understand this character's existence and why he needs to be this raving man who gives a monologue uh, as he's, like, cutting off our main character's hand and putting a hook in him. <laughs> I don't yeah, get it. No, I, I, yeah, I can't really give you an answer either. It was, yeah, kind of strange. Yeah, you know, I, you know, he kidnaps the girlfriend. He's got her handcuffed, and he's like monologuing about Candyman. It's all just a bit murky. There's more murky things about the ending, which we'll get to. But like, has like that was the scene. The scene in the church was. I, I was feeling a yeah. little like iffy on the pacing and like the structure for a little bit before that but the scene in the church where he's giving this speech and he's doing all this stuff this was the moment where i'm like oh i think i don't think i can like this movie anymore i think this is the, i think this has just went over a line where I, i'm just going yeah. this ending just sucks too much i can't it can't come back from this and it's a shame because i was really kind of digging it up until a point mm. uh yeah uh, i i don't think i had as harsh of a reaction uh, i'm not gonna say that I like, you know, that part specifically or anything, but, uh, cause yeah, it, it does kind of like feel like a little bit of a, you know, uh, deflation, uh, from, well, for what the most part of the movie was kind of like, I thought you were going to try and say Deus Ex Machina again there for a second, but I'm <laughs> like, just stay away from it, Timmy, stay away from it. No, the, yeah, the movie like had been mostly, you know, kind of going uphill, uh, for the most part, I, I feel like, and then, yeah, that's when it kind of starts going downhill, but I mean, it didn't totally make me turn on the movie um and i think part of it is that um again uh i think nia da costa really like 
um just has a, a good eye um i guess for like a lot of these scenes where you know even though yeah i don't really like maybe his motivations or like the monologue he's doing like i do kind of like the setting and like him sawing off the arm is kind of gnarly and you know seeing uh you know anthony there like being all beat out uh like you know there's like some cool visuals and stuff that is at least kind of keeping me interested that you know even if i don't really like the direction of the story i'm at least kind of digging like the vibe of it a little bit sure sure uh <laughs> and I think that's the other problem is that Anthony has no agency. There's not even like a moment where he's like conscious for like a minute to like say goodbye yeah. or understand what's happening to him. He's it, just a zombie like at this point. Like, yeah, it's not like he's like fighting it or anything. He's yeah, just kind of like yeah, just a blank slate at that point. Yeah, and the big reveal with him, of course, as he's like investigating, as he's getting crazier, because you know, as every time a murder happens, he seems to have like a sort of like moment in his studio where he paints or has like a freak out or you know something like that yeah and um well not all of them but certainly the f- a number of them and he mm. finds out that his mother lied to him about where he was born he thought he was born in a different part of the city it turns out he was from this neighborhood and it turns out that he was the baby in the original film which was kidnapped and did get saved by the end but uh we actually get the original actress back who was played the mother whose baby was kidnapped uh, for her one scene mm-hmm. with him. Um, and she has to admit, like, you know, she lied and all the rest of it. Uh, and that, I think that's the last scene we actually see of him being able to, like, speak mm-hmm. and, like, communicate and do anything. It feels like that's just that, like, once he's had that revelation mm-hmm. and he knows he's this baby that's, yeah. you know, for some reason, you know, spiritually tied to Candyman because of, kin- because of the kidnapping. So, wait, in the... God, the uh, I forget in the original. What's the point of him being kidnapped to be like born again in this vessel? Was that kind of what they were doing in the first movie? And I'm not sure if I remember. <sighs> oh, you're asking now to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I could be wrong, but I thought there was something uh, along those lines. Maybe, uh, maybe I could be completely wrong. But then I I thought it kind of made sense then that he's kind of becoming this new Candyman figure because that's what you know, it was going to kind of happen as him, to him as a baby that... Uh, oh, yeah. Again, I, yeah. I have no problem with this connection. And I certainly... Like, even the first trailer, it felt like there were... Like, the movie they were selling me was this guy's going to become the new Candyman and that's going to be the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My problem is that he hears this and then next time we see him, he's just a zombie letting his arm be cut off. And, like, there's no mm-hmm. progression there. It, it, it just yeah jumps to it. It's really weird. Again, I feel like there's so much edited out of this. Uh yeah, I I really wonder how much of the original script uh, didn't. Uh, maybe it was filmed, maybe it wasn't. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it feels like it was hacked to pieces at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the that's the big thing with him as a character, really. Uh, mm-hmm. he has mo- he has freak out moments where it looks like he may- maybe he'll be blamed. They, they never do it, actually. They never go down the path where the police I... think it's him and they investigate him. That never happens. I, I was really surprised by that because, like, it seems like every, like, person that, like, gets murdered, he has, like, some connection to, or it would be reasonable to think that there'd be some involvement. Like, yeah, you know, I, when the people at the, like, the artist uh, gala or, or whatever die, it's like, 
Oh yeah, like didn't like people just see him like you know having like a a big fight with him in public and yeah. stuff the day before. Like, he, he yelled at him. If I was earlier the same night, he yelled at them yeah, yeah. earlier the same night, and then later on the critic who gets killed, he was in her apartment, yeah. and the and the girlfriend knows this. This is why the girlfriend gives him this like weird like I'm scared of That's you true, right yeah, now. Like yeah. when she hears about her death, it's like wait, you were just there. Like yeah, well, what's going on? Um, because because one of the things that they like, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but like. When they bring up, they start talking about this new apartment they're in, and it's kind of this new fancy apartment that's been built over where some of the old neighborhood was, and you know, it talks about the gentrification and all that. Um, I but I I really dig when he's talking about his art. There's there's two scenes in particular that stuck out to me. Is when he's showing his painting that he's done sort of before the start of the movie. He's showing it to his like art dealer dude, and the guy's like, ah, it's okay. It's kind of like your old works. Like, where's the passion? Where's the fire? Mm. And he, you know, and this dealer who is white is just important to note that is he uh, says, you know, what are you going to do next? And and Anthony's like, well, you know, I was thinking maybe about looking at you know the neighborhood and like you know uh, you know where I grew up. And when he mentions that he grew up in the south side, he's like, ah, oh, south side's been done. Give me something just here. <laughs> like he's just yeah. kind of mining it as a like for content. Basically, he's like, this is like a sensitive thing that's. You know, mm-hmm. part it, it, the way they're talking about the, the way specifically he's talking about the art dealer is very much no. This is just like a a, a well to be like exploited for for mm-hmm. content. It's not like anything he's taking seriously or treating with respect. Uh, mm-hmm. And then likewise, when he's talking to the critic later on, uh, her attitude's very much the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, this is like new, and oh, now there's been a murder. It's interesting, but before that, it was trite and old hat and. Yeah, we've, we've done mm. all this gentrification stuff before. We've, we've done these issues before. You know, no one cares mm. anymore. Like, that's kind of the attitude. So I like to tackling that. I thought that was a nice little interesting way to, like, yeah. put a new spin on the theme. Uh, so, yeah. No, uh, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think, you know, they... I, I, I want to say, like, they say something like, oh, like, they like the art we make, but they don't like us, or, you know, like, something mm. like along those lines, which I, I, I think, like, is a you know, an interesting um, way to look at it, especially like, you know, when you're dealing with stuff like racism and it's like, oh yeah, you have these, you know, the people with like money and positions of power, they're all like these white people, but, you know, and then the people that they're making money off of are like, you know, the, you know, like uh, black people and like, uh, you know, like the you know poor people and stuff that are there. And then it's like, you know, so it's not the same as like, you know, like, slave labor or, or something like that but you know it is like just like another way to exploit people and, yeah it's, it's, it's institutionalized you know. uh yeah. exploitation um and you know there's, there's a lot of talk of you know like the the, the manipulation of the neighborhoods and and all the rest of it uh and it's, it's, it's you know it's worth pointing out you know the original candy man was a painter you know that was his backstory yeah uh mm-hmm. so obviously there's that connection uh and arguably that's kind of the point is that if he if he's imprinted himself in some way onto Mm. this kid uh, this baby then that's why he grew up to be a painter because <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> it was it was in his spiritual dna or there's something mm. um yeah uh you know as for the kills um i have i have one small critique with the first kill is a pair of characters it's the art dealer and his mm. like young girlfriend at the the art gallery after dark my one critique of this is that i do think his dialogue during this scene is a bit cheesy uh oh, okay and his delivery because he, he says um <laughs> Like when, I think the guy's name is Clive, yeah. uh, which obviously not to Clive Barker. Oh, for sure. Uh, he he. So so he's with the girl, and they're kind of starting to like kiss, and she's like tied or like buckled her belt to his belt, and 
because they're like and for some reason they're getting turned on by saying Candyman five times into the mirror because that's like a thing uh, but as they're still kissing like he doesn't notice it at first but you know Candyman and I kind of like this t- this, uh, this happens with the first few kills where you only see Candyman in the reflections but the thing still happens in the real world so yeah it's, it's almost like a play on the Freddy Krueger rules where he's in the dream but it still counts in the real world this is like the, in the reflection but it still counts in the real world so I like that play on it um, and you just see like the hook like slit her throat and the thing you know so oh, that looks that looked good the visual was really stark um the build-up uh, around here as well of him like cutting like part of the screen in the reflection I, but the so then you see the screen yeah. kind of like cut and drop i i really like that i thought yeah. like this uh like yeah like I, I agree maybe a little cheesy at the end but the whole like setup to it i thought was like very creepy and just had a nice atmosphere well, yeah. I, I like how kind of slow and methodical he is and yeah i dug all that it, it was just the dialogue the guy had because he actually <laughs> he says is this real is this real and then as he's trying to run away from Candyman, he actually quotes jeff goldblum from jurassic park and independence day he says must go faster must go faster oh yeah yeah, and I'm yeah like, I forgot about that why, why do you have this line of dialogue it's just feels, weird yeah. it felt unnatural but <laughs> That was the only thing I didn't like about this scene. Oh, the actual kills and the actual suspense and the build-up and even the mechanics of the kills, I liked. Uh, I definitely agree, yeah. That's, for me, that's probably like maybe one of the strongest parts of the movie. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. And, uh, the critic I think especially, as well, I think, uh, had a good death. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, and uh, I yeah, I think, like, in general, I, I, they do, like, a lot of interesting stuff with mirrors, which is kind of funny because, like, it's such a big part of the you know Candyman mythos, but like, I feel like in the first movie, like there isn't really much to it. You know, it's just that oh, you have to say his name into a mirror. I like that this one actually like, I did more stuff with mirrors, and then it kind of felt like, you know, a recurring thing like throughout the movie. I just thought it was a cool little touch. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The critic's death's got a really cool visual. I I always like when a kill plays out silently, and it does yeah. this thing where she comes out of her bathroom she had an interview with uh with anthony but he leaves and just after he leaves we cut to an exterior shot of her apartment which is in a high-rise you know set of apartments and the camera just pulls back and we see her i'd say the first part is a little fake looking where she she gets like picked up by an invisible force mm-hmm. and then gets thrown against the window but the part of it that I really like is that she slowly gets dragged across the big, op- you know, the big window of her apartment build or, mm. or her apartment, and you just see the streak of blood going across the window as her body's like being dragged across it. But all this plays out in silence as the camera's just pulling back of a shot mm. of the building, so it's like quite small in the frame, and it just looks really good and creepy in that context. I just, I just, yeah, and I just really love the idea, and like as it's like zooming out and stuff, you see like other like you know. Like, uh, other buildings and stuff and like lights turning on and off and like other rooms i just like this idea of like oh this horrific thing is going on but it's so small compared to like you know everything else that's going on in the city right now like no one no one really notices that this is happening yeah even no though, one, like you know no one notices no one cares maybe that's a harsh thing to yeah. say but like in the moment no one cares no one's like paying attention yeah. or or witnessing it um so yeah i i thought that, like some of the directorial choices like that i think are exceptional and I, I, I've had I've had a cost this previous film Littlewoods on my to do list for it's not a horror movie oh, but it's okay. a yeah. it's a Tessa Thompson and uh, someone else mm. I can't remember who the other actress was but it's, it's two actresses uh, and it's like a, it's a I don't know if it's a revenge movie or it's just a thriller but it's, mm-hmm. it's it, it got some good buzz and I, I've had it on my to do list for a while 
Uh, I'd be very interested to see how that is, especially since she wrote and directed it. I'm wondering, like, Mm. is the problems with this that the script wasn't that good or is the problems because it was chopped up so much or it was edited or... Yeah, I'd be curious. And even and even if yeah. the script for this isn't that good, like, is it is it her fault? Because there was, you know, three writers on it, so... You know what I'm kind of curious yeah. about? Uh, everything has been delayed, you know, for so long because of uh, the pandemic and everything, and I wonder if that is making, like, a lot of movies, you know, get, like, a little bit more, like, edited to death, you know? Because, like, if, you know, if stuff has to come out right away, you know, you're just going to put it out, like... You might not be able to change stuff, but if you're sitting on something for a year, like, is it just sitting there as is, or do people have more time to be like, eh, you know what, maybe we should take this in or out, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the time, like, I mean, editing things out of a movie is not hard to do, so I don't think it's a, I don't mm-hmm. think that's time sensitive, but I think the part there that you may be right on is just the idea that if you've got a year to think about it, you might start changing your mind, or the studio might even be the ones who go, yeah. oh, I mean, this is nearly two hours long, maybe we should cut out, like, 25 minutes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what it feels like. It, it genuinely feels like an entire, like, act of the movie is missing before yeah. the final 20 minutes. Or if, like, you have more time to do, like, uh, those dumb, what, uh, what do you call it, like, audience surveys or whatever like audience screenings and then people are like oh i didn't like that there are no dogs and then like oh we gotta shoot some like dogs now <laughs> like <laughs> or whatever i don't know if they did that for this movie but <laughs> I, I've, I've never heard I'm... that specific thing being added in because of the audience demanding more dogs but uh <laughs> well you know how like i don't know most audiences are stupid and then but people mm. get like nervous and are like oh no we gotta do whatever we do more often than not what you actually hear is either that something didn't get explained and they wanted to explain so they'll add in a new ending yeah. where it explains something or it'll be why the hell did this character die? Everyone hates that this character died, so they'll maybe reshoot a new thing where the character survived, or you know, vice versa. They hate the character, so they want the character to die, so they'll they'll go back and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I told you about this before, or I, I'm sure we talked about it on the episode, but I did go to one of those uh, when I saw like a a special preview screening of Rings, and uh, <laughs> I, I did fill out like a little questionnaire at the end, and oh yeah, oh, boy, I'm, did I. <laughs> I let them have it. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. I mean, maybe I, I should have mentioned that I was on a, a very prominent horror podcast. Maybe they would have felt more inclined to listen to my suggestions, but they obviously just released it as is. Uh, they may have turned you away at the door thinking you'd reveal secrets <laughs> before it was released. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that they, they delayed that by like four months, I think, or something like that. And then it's, they came out and it was still just complete trash. <laughs> yeah. I was mad because I had to watch it again. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you could have turned down the preview screening eh, that's, uh, i was intrigued I, 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 I get the intrigue i do but let's be honest we both knew that movie was going to stink oh sure, sure, sure. <laughs> like there was there was almost no chance that that was going to be some sort of surprise gem that you'd have been excited about watching yeah. a second time <laughs> highly unlikely highly Very unlikely true. um yeah uh so those are the two standout kills though the art the art dealer stuff and mm-hmm. the the critic uh some of the other ones are fun and conception but they tend to hide a lot of the other ones like you know like the the, the girls in the bathroom at the school who say Candyman five times like that's that, that's like sort of like there's chaos happening but we stay with the one character who didn't say the name in the in the stall you know in the yeah. cubicles so and then and then except for like um you know again another good like mirror motif when like the girl's pocket mirror lands on the ground and you can kind yeah. of see some stuff in the reflection i think that was like a good scene but it just kind of felt like out of nowhere 
Like it, it felt we like we know wanted nothing a, about these characters. <laughs> it felt like we wanted a scene for the trailer, and yeah, honestly, like the only thing they had is that one of the girls was at the art gallery because because they made the point of like showing her. Like they said, yeah. oh, it's like oh, who's this blonde girl at the, the art gallery show? And then she doesn't yeah. come up for like an hour, and then it's just this one scene in the high school where they all say the name uh, yeah. and get get killed, and it's like, oh, all right, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it seems like it would have made more sense if yeah, like you know, show her at the gallery or whatever, but then. You know, show her scene like, you know, whatever, 10, 15 minutes later in the movie instead of, yeah, it just kind of seems to come out of nowhere at the end. Yeah, the, the other thing with um Brianna's character, the girlfriend, is that she, like, it, it makes a point of telling us that her father committed suicide when he was right. young. Mm -hmm. And he was also an artist, and that's kind of like, she's she's kind of resentful to him for, for the suicide, but, like, she, she did kind of get into the industry that he was in. Um... I felt like it didn't really do too much with that or, like, explore her character enough. No. No. I'm glad you agree. That was a very matter-of-the-fact <laughs> agree agreement. Uh, like, I, I do like the little flashback scene with her, like, when he's kind of, like, saying these, like, kind of weird, like, upsetting things. So, like, there was kind of a nice creepiness uh, to it. Like, not, like, Candyman creepy, but just, like, creepy and like oh you know something's not right here and he's gonna do something not good so it it is uh i did like that scene but again it's like yeah i'm not exactly sure what purpose it served or you know or maybe it should have been fleshed out more or something yeah yeah i mean i i'm assuming that uh the idea is that this is a character who's been affected by you know like the stress that he's under the pressure that he's under mm -hmm. a lot of it probably comes from uh other themes that the movie's getting at but we never learn enough about him to really know that or like get any kind of indication of that so uh we just kind of have to roll with it um and, and, and brianna's you know a perfectly likable character uh yeah she just doesn't really get enough development pa you know I, I think the one main thing she has is that there's also kind of an exploitation of like her in a way where she seems to be getting like bigger offers to go to like an art gallery in new york and but it mm -hmm. kind of seems like it's tied to the fact that oh like your boyfriend's art like exhibit was great but it's only great because a murder mm -hmm. happened there so now it's got this super relevant meaning because mm -hmm. the, the craig before the murder happens like, oh this is super trite and old hat and not that impressive and blah blah, yeah. blah. uh but then the murder happens like oh all of a sudden like you have this uh thing and i guess that's the other thing with the high school murders feel really mm -hmm. tacked on is that all of the other mothers up until that point felt like he could be a suspect because he's you know he knows the characters because he has a, mm -hmm. maybe like a, at least a part of a motive if not more of a motive to kill them but like out of nowhere these five high school girls all get murdered in the toilet yeah. <laughs> like, like like really i mean, I say bathroom just to make that clear they're, they're not literally in the, the yeah. toilet seat but yeah. they should they should have like given him diarrhea and he was like oh man i gotta <laughs> run into the school and take a crap and that's when the girls get killed <laughs> I, I think maybe the feeling i got from it is about from about the halfway point once he's like investigating and he's listening to uh the you know the tape of helen mm -hmm. right from the original yeah. movie uh, i think around there it's where it started to feel like it was starting to do random like st i mean stuff that looked good but sort of random mm -hmm. creepy moments like you know all the stuff with him in the elevator and like the blood like dripping mm -hmm. down and all that felt like, like okay this is kind of neat but that was where i started to maybe feel like it like there was less the less of a method to the madness and it was more just like mm -hmm. random creepy supernatural scenes now can just happen uh mm -hmm. 
So that's maybe where I started to fall out of it a little bit, but really it's the last 20 minutes where it just kind of... There's yeah. always some stuff to talk about in the ending, but... Uh, is there anything else before we get to the ending that you think we should go back and discuss? Like, um, there's some supporting characters, but then they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, you know? Yeah, um, I, I almost wish that there was uh, more to the characters. It, it's kind of funny because it's like the opposite of <laughs> Halloween Kills, where like a lot of the characters <laughs> in that felt like these weird like you know sketch characters <laughs> that kind of had no purpose or anything. But I actually like the characters in this. Like I liked uh, you know her brother and uh, you know his boyfriend and like the that one uh, kind of like dicky artist that seemed like maybe might be like, kind of like a rival or something like. Um, if anything, I felt like maybe he could have done something more with those characters. Uh, Underutilized, you know. perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I thought that uh, that one painter dude that uh, you know, he seemed angry at that was at least going to die or something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I thought those were all good. Um, I, I, I kind of joked about it before, but it really did bother me, like, how gross his hand was getting and, like, mm. how long it took him to go to the hospital because, like, after and also like you know uh, brianna should have been like hey jesus like we're taking you to the hospital now like because he, he gets one bee sting but like his whole hand like starts turning into like this gross like decaying like i don't know like uh it looks like it's made out of uh beehives which is, is a cool visual but also man go get your hand checked out it also started to look burned to me because we, we know yeah. Candyman was burned so i was wondering if it was trying to evoke that imagery especially as it was like the yeah. entire by the time you get to the end of the movie like his face and like half of his body's all <laughs> like that i uh, love candy man but man he might be one of the most like what like what's the word like uh like he has so much going on it's like all right yeah you got the mirror thing okay got it oh uh also you got a hook for a hand okay oh also you have a thing with bees oh also you're on fire okay it's like Jeez, like you know, Freddy just has a glove. Like Jason just has like a hockey mask, you know. <laughs> More complex, and yeah. I think that's maybe why it's harder to like do a good Candyman movie because it has to actually hit all the notes that it's supposed to hit. Sure. Um, and whereas the original film, I think, is very rewarding because as you sort of like go through it and you understand all the what everything represents, I think here you're getting some good sense of that early on but it really muddies up by the end and i suppose it's time to finally talk about that which is mm. so he's turning you know so that's so uh, uh william burke is turning anthony into new candy man he's like he's crazy he's raving uh he cuts off his hand and puts a hook on anthony and anthony's standing there in the coat and it's all just and also as i'm thinking yeah but is the actual like spirit of candy man going to show up like because we've had a candy man killing people throughout the movie uh yeah. and it kind of feels like that's just almost like lost over because now he's going to take over so it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um he just needs the tragedy because the guys the thing that william brooks sets up he makes sure the police know to come here mm-hmm. uh because he wants to sort of have his life not his own life but anthony's life to end in tragedy to make him mm-hmm. a new candy man the idea that he set up the idea that this you know he's described him mm-hmm. he's described the hook it's for actually- the hand yeah, it's yeah. kind of like uh, the end of, you know, spoiler alert, but the, the ending of Spiral from the Book of Saw. <laughs> so, like Spiral from the Book of Saw and Halloween 2018. These are not good comparisons <laughs> to, to be making. Um, so, and it's like, okay, so Brianna is able to get free, but, and she runs away a little bit, but uh, William Burke comes after, uh, and there's the implication. What's the, what's the name of the guy from Resident Evil? William Birkin? Birkin, yeah. I just keep thinking of that. 
I get, I get it. It's, it's close. It's close. Yeah. So, so very similar name. Uh, so that that all plays out, and effectively, like you know, the police do shoot uh, William Burke, and they seem to also shoot. Uh, I, either they kill Anthony, or Anthony's already just like you know ascended into supernatural mm-hmm. territory and doesn't need to be killed. But mm-hmm. like they never show. The, I, I like this again. The strong directorial touch. They never show the police faces all that well. So mm-hmm. when she's put in the police car and the guy sits in the front and we only ever see his eyes, it makes him really inhumane, right? And he's basically mm-hmm. like, hey, like, you know, like, that guy, he was coming at you with the hook, so we, you know, we had to shoot him, right? Like, that, that's mm-hmm. what happened. He's, he's basically trying to give her the story she's supposed to tell in her eyewitness yeah. account so that the mm-hmm. police guy, the police officer who shot him won't get into trouble um and then threatens her and you know so so we're dealing with the themes here that like we're hitting with if anything this felt like the one modern thing that should have been like more inserted into the movie because mm-hmm. the idea of police brutality has become a lot more public i think and uh like in media in, in the last you know five yeah. years ten years whatever it's been and mm-hmm. it makes like, it feels like a really sensible thing to add more into Candyman and make it more part of its mythos yeah mm-hmm. what gets me though is that she decides to look into the mirror she actually asks him hey can i see my reflection and i'll say whatever you want uh mm-hmm. and she says Candyman five times basically and i was reading this moment like this is a really sad tragic ending but she's essentially choosing to you know evoke Candyman to take out these cops uh mm-hmm. but probably herself too the problem i had with this is that it kind of felt like all of a sudden a candy man turned into some sort of spirit of vengeance who could be called upon and like <laughs> ghost rider <laughs> like why isn't he also killing her is it just because mm-hmm. technically it's still her boyfriend who's candy man now or like because <laughs> That's the perks of dating a candy man uh, I, I guess because because candy man <laughs> like he 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 never held back from killing anyone mm-hmm right he, he he would kill whoever summoned him really right he would become involved in whoever summoned him well i guess because uh, An- anthony summoned him right yeah but then and, she like, summons him the here at the end yeah but I, i'm just saying like he i guess technically he didn't kill anthony but i don't know if oh, that's because they kind of had that bond or whatever yeah because it's like he's he has spiritual son so uh, now i i wasn't sure if this was like uh deliberate or if there's something behind this but i think it's only like i mean i, I guess uh you know aside from brianna at the end but isn't it mostly white people that say his name into the mirror and that get killed in the movie i don't know if that has anything to do with it or um i guess, I guess that's true I, I i guess it's true that it is pretty much all white people who get killed by him in this oh. movie so i i mean uh, yeah i don't know if that's like a very like deliberate oh, wait, choice no, actually, or if it's... That, this is well at least this version of Candyman, but mm. uh, there is a flashback. Um, uh, You're right, yes. So, uh, William Burke, we get a yeah. flashback where his big sister got killed by mm-hmm. doing Candyman in the in the bathroom. That's true. And yeah. her and her friends were, were black. So at least, that's mm-hmm. at least one example. Okay. Uh, in the movie. But... but just... no, I, I mean, I thought the same thing with this ending, though, because I was like, yeah, I wasn't sure, like, oh, is he, yeah, like, more of this kind of yeah yeah like a avenging angel <laughs> kind of thing instead of like a yeah i'll just come up and kill whoever summoned me yeah is, is there no danger to her now yeah uh it, it just like because i thought there was maybe some power in her summoning Candyman, knowing what it probably meant for her 
and like that's just mm-hmm. where she's been pushed to it could be a really sort of tragic ending um the idea that like the horror that that some people are put through can drive them to horrible things and, and maybe this is how you somehow tie it back to her father like her father got to such a breaking point mm-hmm. that he just you know he had to commit suicide that's just how he fell um and it's not a one-to-one comparison but maybe like you know in her final moment she kind of like understands him or at least empathizes with her father a bit better and that could be like a character arc for her like there, there could be something there to that uh but it doesn't really feel like it hits or is there all that much and uh the end of the movie she gets out of the car um and the final moment of the film is that she sees tony todd tony todd Candyman, <laughs> like it's formed out of bees and the, but he looks younger they're, they're using some cg to make him look young mm-hmm. Uh, which is a little distracting. Thank God, I couldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> if they shot an old Candyman, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, well, I don't think it really wouldn't have mattered. Like, it, like <laughs> I, I would not have thought twice if it was just you know current age Tony Todd. But like, I think like, and also like you know, if you've seen Tony Todd in interviews, like I don't think it's not like he looks like super old. Like it's not like he's, you know, like some. Uh, like 90 year old yoda looking dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he doesn't he's he's aged very well as has actually mm-hmm. uh I, I thought vanessa williams who plays the the mom of the baby you know the mom of the main character mm-hmm. I, I when she opened the door and i saw her i was like wait this is maybe his mom she doesn't look old enough but she is her <laughs> this, this is her from the first movie it's the same actress hubba, hubba. <laughs> that wasn't my point but sure <laughs> so you know uh like I, uh, yeah I, like i, I could have done without the cg and make him look younger but whatever mm-hmm. um but you know he basically says you know tell everyone right that's not even up the exact line but it's the, that's mm-hmm. the sentiment is like you know spread the word spread the word of Candyman. Mm-hmm. you let the legend grow because you know people and this sentiment i think is a big part of the movie and i think it it kind of swings back around to what it felt like it was about in the first like, act which is no these things should not be forgotten it should not be treated like mm-hmm. it's something that's been dealt with like this always has to be remembered you know we have to mm-hmm. remember these things uh, and Candyman is almost like a boogeyman to like make sure everyone remembers um totally yeah uh so coming back around to that's fine um and if you are, like, you know, familiar with the original film, if you're a fan of the original film, obviously it's a big deal seeing Tony Todd at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it, it doesn't rescue the ending because the ending's been so mm-hmm. murky. Uh, Did you do the, uh, like, that Leonardo DiCaprio meme <laughs> where, like, you, you point at the TV? <laughs> uh, not so much at that moment, but maybe... Because one of the things we didn't mention is some, some of the... Not the flashbacks with William Burke. Those are all real scenes. Mm-hmm. But whenever they talk about the original movie, or they talk about the Legend of Candyman, mm. they do like a puppet show. There's like a sort of like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- sort of effect uh, mm. as they're talking over it. I think when they first started... When the when the brother started talking about Helen, when he's telling the story, and mm. I realised, oh, this is this is the the first movie. That, that's <laughs> when the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme came out. Hell yeah. With the point. So... Uh, I did have that moment, but it wasn't at the ending. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of waiting for it. I was like, "There's no way they didn't give Tony Todd some sort of cameo." There's no way. Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I, I think I knew it going in. Uh, I, I think I'd heard that he's in it in some way, so I was uh, yeah, expecting it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they should have given Nicolas Cage a cameo too. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Uh, just because, like, all the bees and stuff. 
I mean, I can't argue with that, I suppose. Uh... <laughs> Kenny Man versus Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the weird sad thing about this. Is, uh, this is better than Halloween 2018, and it's obviously much better than Spiral Bikasaw. <laughs> Right, I don't think there's a shocking things to say. There's there's Shut definitely <laughs> good direction in here. There's likable characters. There's a you know there's great ideas and themes that it's playing with and 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 messages that it wants to put in there. But it does kind of feel like even though it does feel more akin to like a a smaller film that's got a got a, an idea behind it, mm-hmm. it does still kind of have a little bit of that we wanted to bring a franchise back stink. Because, oh, sure. it, it, yeah. you know, it wants to tie into the original film. And I, to be fair, mm-hmm. I think the way it ties into the original film is actually pretty well handled. That's not actually the problem <laughs> of the movie. But it does have a little bit of, um, like, that Force Awakens, we're resetting this. <laughs> and so, we, so, so, so if it's successful, we can have Candyman mm-hmm. 2, 3, 4, 5, mm-hmm. 6, 7, you know, however many they, yeah. they want to make. <laughs> and, like, there's a little bit of a cynical touch to it as well. Uh, but I, I, I really, yeah. The, the, the scene in the church, man, is so bad. Like, I, like, <laughs> the, like William Burke turned out to be the psychopath who wants to help make mm-hmm. the next Candyman, just mm-hmm. did not work for me at all. Like, I feel like you have to spend more time with that character and get more out of him to mm-hmm. like justify that turn. Um, mm-hmm. And then the murkiness of like, is Candyman like a good spirit now because he can be called <laughs> upon to like you know mm-hmm. kill like corrupt cops and and whatnot mm-hmm. like. It's just like, a bit does, weird. Yeah, and, and is it like when you say his his name, is it always like the latest Candyman that shows up, or like, I don't know, do they kind of pick and choose? Like, all right, you go this time, and like, oh, I'll go now, and I don't know. I guess it's always the latest one, just because it's the newest. <laughs> I, the movie didn't really get that across. I don't think super yeah. well. Um. Because obviously the only time we see an older Candyman is at the the very end when it's Tony Todd who you know, but he's maybe the original, um, yeah. So which would imply and they're that all these... like part of his hive or something he says, <laughs> <laughs> which would imply that the five or six or whatever how many it's been have all happened in like the past thirty years. They've all been over the last, yeah. You know, which isn't actually really true because the uh, yeah the one in this movie that we learned about was from the sixties or whatever, which is yeah, which is before the original film. So. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me of that thing they do sometimes in comic books where that I really don't like, where they have like a superhero uh, and like they decide to make him part of like a lineage or something. Like, mm. you know, oh, it's like Green Arrow isn't just a guy that <laughs> shoots a bow and arrow. Now he's from this like ancient Arrow clan or some <laughs> crap like that. <laughs> I think it. I think it works to an extent with Candyman because of what he represents. Oh no, I I think it works more in this, but yeah. yeah. And, just wanted to grab about comic books for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But because Candyman, you know, represents, like, you know, an entire group of people, and or, or more specifically, the, the, the pain and the horrors that those people have mm-hmm. went through, and the, the, the idea that that keeps happening, so there's there's always a new Candyman. It's kind of a nice idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really like what the movie's going for with that. I just, everything mm-hmm. gets so murky in that last act. It just kind of falls apart. It's a shame. Yeah, uh, it's tough, and I think this is kind of what I struggled with, where you have stuff like this that does feel just, like, it doesn't feel like it's totally whiffed it for me. It just feels like it's like, ah, just it just needed that little extra bit of work to, you know, maybe bring it all together instead of, yeah, just having it feel like a little too convoluted, a little too messy than what it's needed, but... 
Um, I, I think it is like a big compliment, though, that, you know, I, I think it's still handled a lot better than most other movies. Like, you know, I, I'm sure in many other people's hands, like this would have been something just awful that you know could rag about for two hours. But instead, it's like, you know, I, I still have a lot of compliments to say, even if it doesn't totally achieve like everything I feel like it's maybe necessarily setting out to do or what I kind of hoped it or wanted it to do. So, yeah. Um, positives there who knows maybe we'll get some big director's cut at some point which will help sure. a lot of the the problems because it, yeah. it could it feels like a movie that could actually be saved by a long director's cut if if there is such mm -hmm. a thing that exists and i don't know if there is so zack snyder where are you <laughs> don't don't invoke the name of snyder 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 <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't kill people he just shows up and kills your favorite movie characters yeah <laughs> that's what he does uh yeah uh so like it made me interested in nia, in nia da costa as a director i think that yeah some of the scenes are really well directed and her handle of characters early on is pretty strong so <laughs> like admittedly she's doing I, a marvel movie next so i mean i'm not super excited no, about that is. i'm <laughs> sick of marvel movies at this point but <gasps> shang chi sucked. sucked right shang chi just simply sucked i'm leaving it wow there. Okay, <laughs> I'll disagree, but that's a podcast for another time. <laughs> I haven't Eternals yet. I'll see it when it hits the uh, the home market. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to theater for Eternals. Kidding me? <laughs> okay. These these like like what like Olesters? These Olesters? Like they're like halfway <laughs> down the alphabet. They're terrible. I mean, I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I don't. I've tried very hard to like uh, Eternals comics, and I, I just, mm. I mean, Jack Kirby, Neil Gaiman, and uh, Karen Gillan, none of them have <laughs> made me like a Eternals comic, and they're all just uh, that's, that's all fantastic writers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a hell of a list of names. Uh, yeah, the, the, Anita Cost is doing the, the Marvels movie, the other one with uh, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I i don't have so i don't really know really much about her so i don't know if she's like a big horror fan but uh i i really would like to see her do like another horror movie because uh, again like i just think the you know kills in this were really uh just i i, I love the uh, the way they were handled and there's like a lot of interesting stuff and i feel like stuff that like you know i have, haven't really seen or at least you know um you know isn't something that you see very often like um you know, like there's like, a, I feel like a lot of thought put into, you know, ways of making like each kill kind of interesting and standing out. So, yeah, I don't know if she's a big whore head, but I would definitely uh, love to see her maybe uh, try another one in the future. Maybe when we get the, the fabled boy three, <laughs> she'll <laughs> put her hat in the ring. Uh, that's not. I mean, I'd be ashamed for a career to to waste talent on the boy three of all things. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it's time to rate the movie. Uh, you know, I'm pretty. Sadly, I'm disappointed, and it's one of those weird things where I'm not just disappointed because I was wanting to like the movie before I watched it. I'm disappointed because mm. I I was actually kind of liking a lot about the movie, and then it. I, saying it went off a cliff feels harsh, but honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a better way of putting it because it kind of does go off a cliff at a certain point. Uh, so, Tabby, what are you rating Candyman? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a... I'm kind of waffling between 
two scores. I, I think I was debating between like a seven and a six point five, but I think I'm gonna go six point five. Uh, again, just because there was a lot I liked about it, and I, I can't give it like a super low score because, uh, yeah, that there was so much stuff that uh, I, I thought like stood out and that uh, I really liked. And again, I think the, you know, uh, it, it is like really a shame. Um, that a lot of, like the story stuff is kind of where. Yeah, I feel like the um, the faults in it lie, uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being too forgiving, but I, I feel like it's easier to overlook when I am like really liking like the you know visual storytelling uh, that's happening in a lot of these sequences. So you know, I'm actually I'm, I'm, I think I'll be <laughs> a little generous. I'll bump it up to a seven. I <gasps> yeah, because I I do think I I I do like this movie, but it's just yeah, the, there are those short uh, problems with it that. You know, I, I feel like this easily could have been like an eight or an eight point five if some of that stuff was just ironed out <clears throat> and maybe a little more clear or focused or again, very surprising to say, but like, yeah, if it feels like a little longer and fleshed out, uh, which you know usually is the opposite for the movie. You're just like, oh my god, why is this movie so long? <laughs> just make it end. Um, but yeah, uh, the, I there was a lot uh, that I liked about it, but unfortunately it doesn't nail everything yeah i think i'm a little conflicted myself about what to rate this because there are things that i really like i I like the first the first like half hour to 40 minutes is pretty good yeah and then it kind of starts to dwindle a little bit but really is hurt by the last 20 minutes so Mm -hmm. uh i I, I still kind of want to be nice and give it a six but also part of me feels that the ending is so murky that I, i don't know because a six is something that at least mm-hmm. I, in theory, would not like. I should be kind of wanting to watch again at some point, and I, I don't know mm-hmm. if I, I would at least in its current form. A director's cut would be interesting. Like if if they mm-hmm. came out with a director's cut and said, "Hey, this adds like you know fifteen twenty minutes back into it," mm-hmm. I'd be curious, especially if they say it's all in the back half of the movie. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's where <laughs> it needs it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think go with your heart. <laughs> I think I'll I'll be a little harsher and say five point five. Wow. I think I think I have to Breaking go five point five. Some of our fans' hearts. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're heartbroken. <laughs> so that's Candyman. It wasn't quite the sweet treat that I was hoping it would be. It started out mm-hmm. sweet, but then I had a really sour center. And, mm, I'm not into the Ugh. sour. I'm not into the sour candy. I'm sorry. It's not my thing. Oh, I did treat myself to two pieces of a. Uh... <laughs> halloween candy as i was watching this which uh and now that I, i'm i'm uh, pre-diabetic so i can't eat a lot of sugar stuff which uh really sucks because we have so much halloween candy left over so i don't get to indulge very often but candy man i let myself have a little sweetness while i watch it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no candy man just just like a taunt for timmy no, he's like, you can't Do have you that much like... candy <laughs> Do you want to know something creepy? <laughs> sure, why not? Why not finish off the episode with a, a creepy anecdote? It, well, you know, because I, I was talking about this online, but uh, I did a sleep study the other night. Um, so basically, you go to this uh, medical building after hours, so it's kind of creepy. You park in this big parking lot where no one else is there, and then you walk <laughs> through like this dark building where like someone you can't see or hear just keeps buzzing you up. Um 
And uh, have you double checked to make sure that uh, both kidneys are still there? Because <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I would have to check on that. But um, uh, so, and so basically, you go. Uh, they they give you like your own little room uh, that you sleep in, and then uh, but there's a like a um, a person there who attaches like all these wires and electrodes and stuff to to monitor you and uh the guy that was doing it for me he's very nice um but he, he was like very like soft-spoken and he just kept uh talking about how they're gonna watch me while i sleep so like you know, <laughs> he, he kept being like i'm gonna put a lot of wires on you don't worry this is all normal uh you know don't it's uh you know just a typical procedure but uh hey you know once it's over you're gonna feel better uh all you gotta do is go to sleep for us. Just go to sleep. We'll watch everything. We'll make sure, you know, you're doing fine. You're breathing normal. Uh, you know, if anything's wrong, we'll go ahead and fix it. All you gotta do is just go to sleep for us. <laughs> it's like he just kept like really hammering that, you know, sleep for us part. That was like, all right, man, it's getting a little creepy. Sometimes if I have to fall asleep, it's the worst. Like I have so much trouble falling asleep. Like, mm. I I want to sleep whenever I can't sleep, and when I do have time to sleep that's when my body just doesn't want so someone's saying you have to fall asleep because this is the whole point of the study it would just be like okay that's not happening then you, you yeah. like, like put, put on lord of the rings or something to knock me out because like <laughs> it ain't happening naturally yeah uh yeah there's a little bit of a performance uh anxiety with it for sure <laughs> which is silly because it's sleep yeah <laughs> oh it's like someone's saying we like urine sample and i'm going to stare at you like pee now yeah. <laughs> pee now. Pee. All you gotta do is pee for us. Just give us a little pee and mm. we'll make sure you're okay. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Can you just phrase it another way? Oh, dear. Uh, but okay, there you go. What an anecdote to wrap up. Uh, uh, did, did you get results? Or are you... Uh, not yet. So they were checking to see if I have uh, sleep apnea, um, which they said if... <clears throat> they said if I was showing signs of it, that they would like uh, wake me up and put a like a, a what they call a CPAP uh, mask on, which uh, they did not wake me up. So I'm assuming that means maybe I don't have it, uh, or maybe if I do, it's like mild or something. But I, I should get like the results like in a week or so from my doctor's okay, office. Okay. But so you don't have to explain it or anything. But I assume was there a reason why you felt the need to get this checked? <clears throat> um, I was. And uh, I, I hadn't been to like a doctor for a while, and then I went there. Like I had been there like probably over ten years, uh, and I was going there to, like get a physical just to, because I'm getting older and yeah, you know, I have a family and stuff now. So well, we've probably... noticed, we've noticed yeah. him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, when you go to a doctor's office, like if you mention anything, they immediately like schedule like eighteen tests for it. So like, well, that's, would... that's because they they make more money off of you. Exactly. That yeah. So, yeah. Because basically, the doctor was like, "So, how are you sleeping?" And I said, "Like, I, I think I said something like, uh, I'm mostly good. Like, um, you know, ev uh, maybe every now and again I get like a little tired or restless." And you know, he was immediately like, "Oh, well, maybe you have sleep apnea. <laughs> we gotta check that out." <laughs> but I, I, I do have like some. I, I, it's better now, but for a while I did have some bad snoring, which is also like a thing that can be caused by it. So, that's possible, but. Um, but is lately it, I, I haven't had it too bad, so I don't know. Sounds like you were con, to be honest to me. <laughs> sure. It, it probably is. <laughs> that's, the thing, it's, that's the thing about your yeah. healthcare system is that it just like doctors like feel like they're two steps away mm -hmm. from a used car sales, but they're just convincing you to get all the extras. Like that's... You, you get the leather seats, you need to get the, the warmers, you need to get the cup holder. 
yeah that, like that's why like whenever they ask you stuff like i don't want to say anything because they're like oh like you know how's your throat feel if you're like you know it's a little dry they're immediately going to be like oh well we're gonna have to test you for uh you know dry mouth syndrome and uh you're gonna have to go to this other lab uh, across the city uh where they're gonna stick a thing down your throat and like uh yeah and then you're gonna wait to get lab results back and then you're gonna have to come back into the office that's like yeah it's better just not say anything <laughs> mm. all right well that's a that's a little tangent uh, <laughs> at, the, at the end um so Yes, that's what screws after midnight. Uh, Tim has to pose for the thumbnail, so I'm going to make him do that now. Uh, so here we go. Three, <laughs> two, one. Pose! <laughs> that may be one of the best ones you've done, Timmy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so that is cool. Um, as far as uh, episodes coming up, obviously we're on a slightly later schedule still. Uh, we're not back to the, the full weekly swing quite yet. Uh, but we are planning a couple of Christmas episodes for December and <laughs> la, 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 la. one other big newish <laughs> release as well. So, so in theory, you should have three more episodes before the end of the year. That's the plan. The screams oh. theory. <laughs> so look forward to all of those things. You can, of course, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Ding the bell for notifications and, you know, get get all that stuff on YouTube. All of those things help a lot on YouTube. They help YouTube channels grow, which is why every YouTuber tells you to do those things. So please hit the buttons. You can also give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you podcast from. That helps out uh, on those platforms. Um, and, of course, uh, you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, <laughs> you go over to that. Uh, well, the higher tiers, you get a producer credit, and I will take this time now to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Traisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. So there you go. That's the that's the list. Yeah, there should be a Patreon tier where you'll record someone's uh, answering machine, answering machine uh, outgoing <laughs> message. That'd be an easy thing to do. So no no, no, no harm in it, I suppose. Uh, but maybe a bit of a, a nonsense message though. If you just have me and Tim like rambling for like five minutes. Oh, by the way, leave a call after the beer. <laughs> uh, scream for me. <laughs> the person you have called is straight up garbage. That would be mm. funny. <laughs> Believe it or not, to do that. George is in at home. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed our discussion on Candyman, and we will see you soon for another brand new episode of Screams After Midnight. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies and just, you know, try not to say his name five times in the mirror. And I am, of course, referring to Bye Bye Man. Bye bye man. Oh. Bye bye man. <laughs> bye bye man. Oh. Bye bye man. <laughs> <laughs>